Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halastic, and I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions provides easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses, and I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you are interested in learning more about our business line of credit, uh, which I would highly recommend, I've had one for 25 plus years myself, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. And a little bit about me over the last 25 years, I have built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies that have made Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Jason Wachowski, Wachowski excuse me, from Leaving it, uh, Life on Air. Uh, Jason speaks all over the country, sharing and empowering others and hosts uh, his own uh, podcast called uh, Life and Air uh, Show, uh, which has guests like Mike Michalowicz, uh, which is funny because I, I actually rent to Mike Michalowicz's company uh, uh, from Profit First, Bob Berg from Go Giver, Frank McKinney, Mindy Jensen, and Scott Trench, just to name a few from uh, Scott Trench's from Bigger Pockets. And there's many others as well. So, Jason, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Stephen, thank you so much for having me. Super excited for our conversation. I am too. You know, it's it's an it's, it's a good topic. I uh, I think uh, not only uh, will I ask good questions, but I might be able to add some value to it as well. Today's topic is the power of using a vision to create a life and business you love. So, let's start off by saying, um, you know, a lot of times I ask my guests what topics they would like to cover. Why does this topic, What you, this is the one you recommended, why did you kind of recommend this? Yeah, man. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, we're talking to a lot of business owners here and, you know, and, and I get it. Like we, we are constantly on the hunt for better systems, tools, processes, strategies, and, and, and that's great. <clears throat> but I think one of the things that we forget as business owners that, to our own detriment kind of hurts us in the long run is that like the ultimate purpose of a business in, in my opinion is to give us the life we want and to provide us the freedom that we that we desire and like otherwise yes i know we i know we want to leave a, our mark on the world I, I know we want to leave an impact and have and have a great service that solves a problem for people and those are all requisites as well but at the end of the day like if you're if your own life is completely trashed and, and sacrificed in the process like i'm not I'm not sure we're doing it right. And so I believe that we can kind of have both. Like I think I think it's um I think we do ourselves a disservice when we you know uh, we put together a business that uh that basically becomes our our existence, right? Like you know business should be a vehicle and that vehicle should bring us to to having the life we love, like a life that we're passionate about, a life that gives us the time, freedom, of course the trappings of our financial success, but like I don't know about you, but I, I see a lot of people who don't have that. Maybe they are successful in business financially, but they're you know they're on their fourth marriage and and they they're they're a you know a donut away from a heart attack and and they're just not living the life that you would expect. Um, and and I just think that 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 always struck me 
as kind of like unnecessary and in kind of like something that's avoidable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I've always, I mean, I'm going to pat myself in the back, you know, but I've built, you know, relatively successful businesses. I haven't gone, I haven't gone to an IPO, I haven't gone public. Uh, to my advantage, most people would think this is not an advantage. I've always self-funded my companies. I've never used angel funding, which is, you know, the most popular way that people start businesses nowadays. But I've always had a, a great balance of life and work. And, mm. uh, you know, I just, I, I know a lot of business owners, I, a ton. And, you know, through the entrepreneur organization, my, my, my forum group's been together for 25 years. And it's just so interesting when you ask the nine or eight other business owners that are in my group that I've been with for forever, why they started their businesses, the number one answer has always been to be, uh, to have control over the work that I do, which is not finan financial. And these are all guys who are all millionaires. Mm -hmm. they, they've all, you know, done well. Um, so it, and what amazes me is they say that these same guys, well, I would say uh, seven of them anyway, they all say they want control over their work and yet they never take a day off. All <laughs> right. Who's in control here? Yeah, I'm like I, I'm like, and then they look at me and they're like, like we, we always go on retreats every year, right? Uh, uh, as a group, and we go on these retreats, and not only are they tied to their phone, right? They're like, they're also tied to their family. So, like, I remember, like, a lot of times, I would never answer my phone. I wouldn't look at my phone. And they're like, "Aren't you worried?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> I'm not. If an emergency comes up, my team better be able to handle it or it's a reflection of me. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing that's going to blow up at home that's that bad. And there's nothing I can do about controlling it from Iceland anyway. So, right. you know, anyway, so it's just a side note. I, I, I completely agree with your, what you, with, with the topic that we're talking today. And that is the power of using your vision to create a life and business you love. Um, I think that the businesses should be doing that in your life. So, so what do you think are the, what, what, from your experience as a coach, what has been your experience dealing with multiple business owners when it comes to this topic? Man, I think, so there's, there's two challenges that are usually the initial forces of resistance that I get to this entire concept. And the first one is p that people tell me like, yeah, I, I know I want my life to look like, and you know, beyond, and, and usually their answer is something like, you know, I want to, I, I want my kids college funds, you know, fully funded and I want the, you know, no mortgage, my debt paid off. And I want, I want 10 rental properties and I want, I'm like, hold on a second. You're, you're telling me about your, your, your PL and your, your balance sheet. <laughs> like, tell me about your life. Like, and they're like, well, I travel. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. Where? Well, um, I don't know, Brazil. Uh, cool. How long do you want to go? Well, it, and it, it becomes quickly apparent they haven't given this any real thought. Yep. Um, and so I think most people will tell you they know what they want their life to look like, but it's very, very cloudy and it's not well, they just really haven't fully fleshed it out. You know, um, I love this quote by Zig Ziglar, man. He says like most people spend more time planning a family vacation than they do their lives. And it's so true. And so the reason this is important is because if you don't really, really understand and identify what's important to you in your life, you miss it. 
you know, and, and you, you kind of will by default oftentimes just end up working because like, listen, most, most business owners, when you're, you know, you're over a million, 5 million, 10 million, you're good at business. You're probably really good at business. You're talented. You've probably also wrapped up some of your identity in that. And your default has probably become work. And if you're not working, you know, you're thinking about work, you know, you're on your cell phone when you're in Iceland, right? And so you need to have a strong vision for what you want your personal life to look like so that you have a reason to stop working. You have a reason to structure your business in a way that gives you freedom and the time to enjoy it. And that's the, that's the first thing. And the second thing is really, um, this is, this is more of a business owner dilemma of thinking that, you know, and this, I, admittedly, I see this more when you're talking to, you know, a hundred thousand dollar a year revenue business to 500, maybe, maybe a million. At some point though, you get, you get much over a million. You, you can't do this, which is, you know, that person themselves is really the business. Um, where if they don't work, the whole thing falls apart. Like if they don't work, the business doesn't work. And that can be a challenge, you know, really at any level, but it becomes much more apparent when you're a smaller business. At some point you, you have to overcome that. But that's the other thing too, is like, is the other, the, the counterbalance to that is like feeling like um, they, ha- they haven't learned to lead. They haven't learned to build a team. They haven't developed systems and processes and automation, things like that. Um, and so and, and sometimes they're reluctant to let it go for the for the reason I just said before is like they enjoy it and they like being the you know the circus yep. conductor and, yep. and 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 they and and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's also a cost to it. You know, listen, I I I love Milky Way bars, but I'm not gonna I can't eat them all the time or else it's it's gonna have a negative effect in my life. So I think those are two common things. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I listen. I think at the end of the day. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you always have to be improving. You have to be changing. You have to be uh, growing as an entrepreneur. And I think part of that growth process is realizing that your business is not your life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I started my my company at 30, uh, I, I I worked for Xerox for eight and a half years. I loved it. It's a great company. I really loved what I was doing. Well, one of the reasons I I wanted to move on uh, to start my own business, which I had, that was a vision I had when I was 17. Uh, One of them was because I knew that if I continued to work in corporate America, I was going to have to travel a lot. And that means I was going to be away from my family a lot, which I didn't want. Okay. It's a minor point, but it was important at the time. Still is. Number two was uh, I knew I couldn't play the politics game. And so I, uh, you know, I, I knew I went. And the third was that it was starting my own company was my, I would never have been happy in my life if I hadn't done that. So what I'm trying to illustrate is, but it took me 10 years before I really knew what I was doing. Now I grew a company to, you know, 7 million, uh, two of them during that time frame, right? One, no, one was 11, one was seven. And, uh, and so it wasn't like I had these super, super small businesses, right? And now, you know, relatively, um, now I have two $25 million businesses. Um, but um, when I went to start the, the, the third company after 10 years, it, I knew exactly what I was doing. It was like, I'm a professional at this already. And so, but I never let the business take over my life. And um, I, th- I see it happening all the time. 
It, it, I mean, it does, man. And here, here's the thing I think that's tragic about that is like, <clears throat> I do think you can have both. Like, I, I know you have to do things differently. And I know people were like, hey, you know, there was a student we had once and man, we're like, okay, what do you like to do for fun? And he's like, well, I work in my business. I said, well, what if you couldn't work in your business? Well, I'd work in somebody else's business. I'd help them build theirs. I'm like, no, hold on, you're not getting it. Like, <laughs> you're not getting it. No, like I'm trying to like, what do you do for fun outside of that? And so I think a lot of times like our own blessings can become our own worst curse too. When And and sometimes, you know, I heard someone say this once. They said, sometimes like if, if we, if we're always busy, like I'm not taught, yes, I know there's seasons to life and, and business and there's going to be times where you'll be working more than you want and, and less as well. But if you're always busy, like there's something wrong with the way you've probably set up your business. Um, and there could be something that you need to address or there's something wrong with you. And I, I don't mean that in a, to offend anybody, but maybe it's a, it's a mindset issue. Like you're not willing to let go or you're, maybe you're hiding from issues in your personal life, man. We had, we had a, um, a woman very, very successful who complained constantly that, that she, you know, well, she complained that she didn't have time to date anybody. Well, come to find out the reason why she worked so hard is that she wouldn't have to date anybody because she was afraid of being rejected. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes we don't want to deal with it. Here's, here's one. This is, this one always cracks me up is like, you know, I, I, I was working with a guy who didn't want to go home because he always fights with his wife. And so he just worked. And the thing they fought about more than anything else was how much he works. I'm like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> like this, I don't think this is the right solution. You know? Yeah. I, and I think that, that they, they work hand in hand. I think that, uh, I, I have a very good friend who really struggles having any type of hobbies outside of his work. Right. Mm -hmm. And he, he knows it. Right. And you know, he doesn't really make, I, in my opinion, he doesn't really make an effort to pick up any hobbies that are different. Like I've mentioned to him, he lives near, near the ocean. And I said, listen, why don't you join a fishing club? You like the fish, you have a boat, you love to socialize, join a fishing club. It's a great idea for this guy, right? Has he done it? No. Okay. And then he complains to me that I have not, I have nothing else to do other than work. So I might as well work. And that's right. very common. It's very common. I know I have another friend, same thing. And then three years ago, he took up golf. He loves it. He just totally loves it. All he wants to do is golf. He doesn't even want to work now. <laughs> right. And um, listen, golfing is the de facto hobby for many, many men. But I would also tell the opposite that so, some of my friends who have done that, who've retired, who said that they want to golf, say that they can't, they're so, they can't do it that every day. The once or twice a week, they're fine. My point being is that I think the, the hobbies as you have outside of work reinforce uh, the enthusiasm that you will have at work. Dude, that's so true. That is so true because, I mean, and I don't know, for, for multiple reasons. Number one, I don't know about you, but like a lot of my ideas come, some of my best ideas come when I am not working, like when I'm just, you know, and so it gives your mind a chance to kind of rewind yes. and kind of just reset. But also whether it's a hobby or how about this? People, I think especially men, not to pick on us, but like we tend to compartmentalize a lot. And so it's easy for us to put business in a box, family in a box, kids in a box, whatever. And what happens is I think when we do that, we miss the interplay between those different boxes because really they're not boxes. They're all, they're all spokes on a wheel. And so when your relationship with your spouse is off, 
you, whether you realize it or not, that is in the back of your mind somewhere that is affecting your performance. Conversely, if things are going really well and you're feeling like super confident and secure and encouraged and, and you have support, like that affects you too. They're all inter, inter, you know, interrelated. Uh, and so that's a great point you made, man, there. Um, the one other thing I would say to, to your point about working all the time is that what if we, and this is something that, that I think is, um, is valuable to consider. I, I want us to have big goals. I want you to. I want you to hit the numbers you want to hit, and and do all that. But what if you kind of looked at it a different way? And like you know, because because I think if anybody works hard enough for long enough, they're they, they're going to have some level of success. But what if you are playing by a different set of rules? And what if you're like, hey, how can I? My competitor over here is working eighty hours a week, and yeah, he's making whatever five million this year. How can I figure out how to do that in 20 hours a week? Like let's let's raise the stakes in in a different way, not just by more hours work, but like let's let's challenge ourselves creatively, intellectually, like, you know, to to do this and pull it off. Cause that's much more rewarding and it gives us the best of both worlds. Well, it also makes a better business. Uh, yeah. honestly, if you can work half the amount of time than your competitors, um, you, you've built processes and systems, which is exactly what a good business does, right? Uh, a, a good small business isn't about, should not be about the owner. It should be about the, the systems and processes you've built. Because number one is, I mean, think about it this way. If you were sick for a month, what would happen to your business? Number two, if someone wants to come buy your business, right? They don't want to buy you. I won't buy mm -hmm. your business, all right? Yeah. So it, it it all goes hand in hand. Um, so let, let's take a scenario where I guess in the majority of cases of people you're coaching, you notice this right off, right off the bat that they are so tied to their work and they're coming to you because they're saying, oh, I want to hit this KPI and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, well, Wait a minute. I mean, that was good, but I, I would assume that the large majority of your clients, you're having them help them understand there's a bigger picture here. Is that true? Yeah, that's our our first thing is like, hey, listen, I, I'll help you with the business. We'll talk about business. We'll trust me. We'll get every all those questions answered. But let's talk about life first. And there, I'll tell you, man, some some people don't like that. They want to work in the business. They think money's the solution, and um. It's not like it's, it's, it's not. And so that's really something we kind of have to work to kind of recondition them on because like, I do believe that you'll, you'll, you'll have a better business. You'll make more money when you have a better life too, to, to the point you made earlier. And so getting people to, to open up to and accept that at first can present some resistance, but I'll tell you once they, once they start going through the process and start that ball rolling, it really does have an impact that, that grips them oftentimes and, and makes them really for the first time sometimes even even see like how they've been missing it and and how they kind of need to to course correct. Yeah. And like I'll say that I've never done this before, but I'll talk directly to the, our listeners um, from my experience. So I've been in the entrepreneur world now for um, 30 years. Okay. And, you know, I've actually, I know I say built six companies, I actually made a mistake, but it's seven companies. Okay. And they all have done well and well, but I mean that they've all been profitable. They've all allowed me to have the quality of life that I wanted. Okay. So let me tell you something. If I told you, uh, Jason, that you're going to have seven companies, they're all going to be profitable. 
you know, two you're still going to have right now. And they're twenty five million dollars each, and I'm not going to tell you the, the the profits, but they're they're very good. Okay, um, debt free, and we just which, uh, and you work oh, maybe thirty hours a week. Uh, would you sign up for that? Man, if I loved everything I did, I don't see any reason not to. Yeah, that's a fair uh, uh, comment. So what I'm what I'm trying to illustrate to everybody is that. Um, on top of that, I was a, a highly competitive rated tennis player for 20 years. And six years ago, I took up competitive rowing instead of tennis. Okay. I did this stuff every day. All right. Um, so my, my point being is, is um, I am able to do these multiple businesses and be able to have a good quality of life and have a great family very involved with my children um, because it's a marathon and people early on starting the business think it's, thinks it's a sprint. So they're putting in 80 hours a week, 90 hours a week because that's what they think they're supposed to do. And I learned quickly after three or four years that wasn't going to work. So um, your comment on that? Two things, man. I love that you said that because it's it is something that ha- it's 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 still gotta it's still gotta make sense for for the lifestyle and you mentioned you know the lifestyle that you love and that's one huge part of it but the other thing that that really struck me as you said that is sometimes I'll hear people say like you know this question of of entrepreneurship and and wealth accumulation and and revenue when when is enough and when is enough enough and whether it's, you know, you said you have two businesses making 25 million each and these other ones as well that are doing really well. Someone may look at that and say, hey, you know, well, gosh, how much do you need to live on? And then it, that's what you're, you've, you've worked past the solution. You're, you're, you're way more than you need. But here's the thing I want people to catch. And I think, I, I don't think that's the right approach because if you're not compromising your life and you're not giving up the things that are important to you, then why not keep going? Now, the, the challenge occurs when you do start to sacrifice your life and you do start to you know, cannibalize everything that's important to you. Now it's a different discussion. Maybe now that has some validity when you got to kind of go back and, and really analyze, is this serving me or am I serving it? But to your point, like if you're, if you're working the amount of time you want to work, you're, you're being challenged and doing things you love every day, nothing in your life has been you know, negatively affected, certainly long-term by what you're doing. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I think, I think what you said as well is really important is because once you kind of learn how to do business, well, a lot of that transfers like to other businesses, like maybe not all of it, but a lot of it does for sure. sure. And so like you, you mentioned, you, you, you've, you know, seven you, you different industries, seven different yeah. industries too. So, so you know things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, let me, let me comment to what you said. So the first thing is um, the, so you know, financing solutions start. We started it eleven years ago. I have a business partner. Eleven years ago, we started it, and and um, that was more of a. It was a business that was introduced to us that we know we knew that it was uh, not to get in the weeds, but it was probably not going to be sellable. And for I'm not going to get into the why, but but it was something I was going to be able to do to where I'm ninety. All right, um, it's, uh, so and and I can do it when I want it, when I want to do it, right? We built a team. I can work on what I want to work. It was, and 
it's nice to be able to work on something, you know, if, whenever you want on, on it. The second business uh, that I have is very sellable. So that's eventually going to sell. It'll be my first time I really sold a business and that'll be exciting for me because I can kind of check my box off that, but not yeah, for cool. the reason, it'll just be cool, right? And I have some, we have people running that business, so I barely spend any time uh, on that uh, business. But, you know, the these businesses um, were specifically designed to really have as little headaches for ourselves as possible. Uh, possible. And, um, but let me address something that uh, from, and I'll definitely have experience in saying this is you would be surprised because every time you reach another level of net worth, because by the way, my attitude about business is not always about loving what you're doing. My attitude about business is building your net worth because, and if you build your net worth and you don't work killer hours, you get freedom because of that. So that's my attitude. Most, a lot of people in the last kids in the last 10 or 15 years um, think you're, you need to change the world. Uh, you, you're, you know, that you need to, um, you, you have an organization where you're treating your employees. Uh, I, I'm not saying not treating well, but that you're, you know, you're making their lives great. Uh, you know, uh, it, then I can go on and on and on, but the, and you know, the end of the day, it, it is, it's really about, are you building your net worth? Because without that, you got a job. You might as well just go get a salary because, if you're not building your net worth, then I, I really don't know, you know, why you're in business. But this is my last point. Um, whenever you reach different levels of of net worth, it you you, you, you get you you want more. <laughs> like you know, I would love to have a hundred million dollar yacht. Never going <laughs> to happen, right? It's never in a million years going to happen, right? I would just love it. And, but it's not worth, I'm too old now and it's just not worth it for me to go through that. I, that's, a, that's a type of job maybe where you have to work like 90 hours a week for you know, 10, 15 years. And I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. So, so there are different levels where you're like, oh, I mean, I'm still saying, oh, I want to make more money because I, I, I want to move to New York City, right? You know, in five years when my youngest son is out of, out of the house, I want to move to New York City and and you look at the places there, how expensive they are, right? And you're like, I'm used to a certain quality of life. I want that same quality of life in New York City. What can I do to get to that, you know, type of uh, you know, $10 million apartment uh or, you know, uh, uh that that and you know, and also keep the existing house I have, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, it, there's always more. and then I pull back and I say, "Am I really willing to put those hours in to do that?" And the answer is no. So, yeah. yeah, man, I love what you said there because at the end of the day, you the business does need to make money. This isn't a charity, and there are going to be parts of your business that that are going to uh, maybe not float your boat, but they need to be done. And if you're not going to do it, maybe somebody else does. Yep. Um, one thing I I also am a fan of is like, yeah, I love net worth, but I love cash flow as well. Um, and so, cause that, that's, that's kind of what's putting food on my table and net worth is, is, I feel like it's a, it's, it's valuable, but it's also like one further step away to, you know, whether it's theoretical or, you know, it's, it's easily liquidate, liquidatable. I don't even know if that's a word. Um, but I, but we're, but we're on the same page with that. 
Um, and well, I'm including your balance sheet on that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. can look at your a lot, listen. A lot of a lot of businesses that are out there are self funded, and so you have an AR, and your AR is an asset. Um, yeah. So you know that included in your net worth. So yeah. you know when you're a business owner. Well, and the other thing, and you know, and I, I, I admittedly, like I'm, I'm not, you know, seventy years old yet, but I enjoy what I do so much that you know I don't know if I ever want to retire. I kind of right. like it. Like I, what, I don't, I don't want to have my entire life like being just just other things other than business. I, I really do enjoy it and get it's a tremendously fulfilling and rewarding. And so I don't know if you feel the same way, but like it's, you know. It is. I like building things. I like, I also like, I'm very creative. So I like, uh, I really, I'm on, so my, my role at this company is the strategic marketing guy, really. Um, that's my role. My business partner works more in operations and the back end stuff. So, um, I love being creative and this to me, running a business is, a, is allows me to express my creativity as an art form. And so that's the way I look at why I love business. Now, now I use the word love a lot. I'm very passionate uh, about whatever I do. I, I think one of the things that you got to be really careful of is uh, using the word love, you know, loving your business, loving this, loving. I, I think you, you want to like it. You mm -hmm. want to like mm -hmm. it or love it. If you, if you don't have one of those two things, then you shouldn't be doing it. And if um, you're not always going to like and love everything you do in your business, but in general, you, 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 and, and if you don't like what you're doing at your job, you got to find some way of outsourcing it. Right. Agreed. Um, so like, I mean, I hate reading contracts. I hate reading. I hate filling out forms. I don't do it. Right. Yep. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I think that at the end of the day is, um, I agree with what you're saying Like it's nice to have your foot in a business for a long time, as long as you like, and you know, or you love it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, I mean, when someone tells me they want to retire, I'm like, really? That just tells me you don't like what you do really. Cause if you, if you, if you do, if you like it, why wouldn't you want to keep doing it? Yeah. So, so tell me when you, um, what's the number one question that you think entrepreneurs should be asking themselves when it comes to this topic that we're talking about today? I think it has to be, you know, if they can just really meditate and think about like, how can I have both the life and the business I want you know, what are the things I need to put in place? What does that look like? Those are the questions. That's the question. I think that's the, that's the $10,000 question that will get people kind of really thinking in a way that is, you know, not exclusionary, like you can only have one, but actually, you know, inclusive to having both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think, listen, one of the biggest mistakes I think a lot of small businesses owners make is they don't spend enough time on strategy for the business, mm -hmm. right? They just, they don't, they just don't spend enough time taking a step back and looking at their strategy and then seeing how they're doing against it. They don't have a strategy. They just kind of go more day to day. So I think you got to take time, you know, every week, take an hour, go to, I've said this before, go to a coffee shop. I used to do it on a Friday afternoon, go to a coffee shop. It was my favorite time of the, the week and, and see how am I doing against my strategy? How am I doing against our, our KPIs? What should we be doing, you know, better? What should we? What are we doing really good? But I think you need to do that with your life too. You need to take time off and say, okay, where do I want my life to be like in five years? Where do I want to be in ten years? Where do I want to be in thirty years? What do I want it to look like? What do I like to do? 
you don't always have to have the answer. Just ask the question, right? You're, you're speaking my language. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I, um, I think it, it makes a big difference. So what else would you say that owners have to be really careful about as they're running their business or building their businesses? Um, what else do you think that they need to be careful of? You know, the, I think the, it depends on what stage they're at because I see it different stage. So I, I kind of think of business development as like, you know, you got say four stages, uh, at least from an, from a level of could be tied to revenue or it could tie to be the, the to, to the, the, the size of the business. But for instance, like, you know, your, your first stage is when you're just starting out and you're trying to get a proof of concept and you're probably wearing more hats than you, than you want to, and you're working more than you want to, and you're just figuring the whole thing out, you know, that that person has to be careful of getting sucked into that and and letting that survival mode kind of become their de facto method of operating. Then you and then I think from there is when you start to elevate yourself to you know you start to you start to delegate, you start to bring people on, you start to automate things and create systems and, and processes, and then you need to start kind of removing yourself from the things that either you're not good at or you don't like to do, um, and freeing yourself up for for the that what, what you can consider you know income generating activities, like we'll call them like IGAs, right? Where these are, and maybe it, this doesn't mean that, I mean, because, well, most things in a business generate some amount of revenue, either directly or indirectly, but what are the biggest things you could do? Like, you know, so like, what are the big things in your business that are going to really move the needle and moving towards those things? And then I think you eventually get to the point where I'd, I'd say you, you, you have like a real business and, and that's not to be derogatory against small business owners, but you know, a lot of them, the business doesn't run without them. And so, so it's, it's kind of yes. more like you're self-employed. Yeah. And so, and so that now you really have a fine tuned machine. And then I think the, the, the real question at the end is at the end of it is like, where do I go from here? Like, is it, is it just scaling? Am I trying to leave a legacy? Do I want my kids to inherit this business? Am I going to sell it? Am I going to do an IPO? Am I, you know, is there any kind of charitable use for my, for my resources that I should consider? Like, how do I, how do I really make a difference with this? Cause it, at some point, Man, it's at some point another zero in your bank account just doesn't mean that much. I know it sounds insane to say that. Like I remember when a thousand bucks was a lot of money, you know, in my bank account, and then then it went like you said, it keeps going up. And then it was ten thousand, then it was a hundred times. It keeps going. Um, but at some point, like I think you gotta <clears throat> look at like what's the contribution here, um, and that's where I feel like ultimately you're gonna find or you're most likely to find some level of fulfillment. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, we only have a, a couple minutes left. And so I, the last question I want to ask you is, now I, I have had a coach for myself for eight years when I early on, and it was very valuable. It was extremely valuable. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons why I progressed so quickly. Um, and so, but what do you think the value of having a coach is? Man, I, 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 first of all, let me tell you, like I, I started off, like I'm running this company now, but I started off as a student in 2009. So I, so I, you're, you're going to hear nothing but praises for me. And now, yes, you have to be careful of, of who you learn from. Certainly you want to, you want to know, like, do they really know what they're doing and you know, what does their life and their business really look like? But I think the right coach is indispensable. Like having somebody, having somebody that can that can lead you by the hand and guide you and show you the mistakes that you're getting ready to make and how to avoid them or give you the shortcuts or introductions or you know the resources like that they themselves have have either 
connected, been connected to, or have done themselves. Like I, I just feel like, you know, a coach, a coach is somebody who's who's going to pull things out of you, who that you you normally can't do on your own. Like I'm trying to think of like a like there's a reason why even people like you know Michael Jordan had a coach and Tiger Woods had a coach. Like they're the best of the best, but they still had a coach because I think it's the coach that's going to keep you accountable. That it's going to look over your shoulder that's going to give you the ideas and the support and and really it, they do make a tremendous difference man like i i, I almost I'd, I'd be challenged to think of somebody that has not had that kind of input or uh in their, in their life and has been successful at least sustainably um, yeah. I, I would just i'm a huge believer yeah I, I think it really did help me as well and you know i always say this too for the amount of money i pay my coach she or he's gonna make that back for me Oh you yeah, know, it's oh, really yeah. gonna. You know, it sounds like a lot at first, but then you're like, "Listen, it's gonna. It's you know, really." I think when I first started with my coach, it was fifteen hundred dollars a month. You know, you know, and you know now you can find coaches all over the place. But, um, but uh, you know, really, I mean, she made me. That's twelve thousand dollars a year. I mean, come on, you know, it's really not. It's a little more, but fifteen thousand. But, um, really, it you know, it really wasn't much. So. And it's At an the time, right? it felt like a lot, but I, I was willing to make that investment because I, I just to give you an idea. During her time frame, I went from a million dollars in sales to three point five million dollars in sales. Not sales, so it's a little different, but it, it you know definitely uh, the the net the revenue, the profit went uh, went with it as well. So oh, huge payoff. That's yeah, yeah. no brainer. Yeah. So good. All right, Jason. Well, listen, it was great talking to you. I knew it was going to be a good conversation. I talked a little more on this one than I normally do. I, you know, Jason, hopefully you didn't mind. No, uh, great contributions. Yeah. But I'd like to thank so very much, Jason uh, Wachowski for, uh, from uh, Life on Air. It's L I F E O N A I R E for coming on today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend. And also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And please also give us a review if you think it was five star. It just really helps uh, other people get to know us. So I think we have over 10,000 listeners right now. And, you know, it just keeps growing and leaps and bounds. And so proud of it. I think we're in our fifth season uh, for the Entrepreneur MBA podcast. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862 207 4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. Jason, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, how would they go about doing that? The best way is just head over to lifeinair.com or uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. We have a private group for people that you don't have to, you don't have to be a member or a student, but it's just a great community of people that are all there to help each other live their visions and support each other along the way. Just, you could just do a search for Lifeinair, you'll find us. Great. And then I'm going to spell uh, Jason's last name because it is a challenge. And it's if anybody wants to Google it, W-O-J-C-I-E-C-H-O-W-S-K-I. And, um, you know, the, the summary and, you know, what I, the takeaway that I think uh, Jason and I talked a lot about today, um, it, the number one thing I would tell everybody um I think I've done a really great job of keeping uh, the power of using both the vision to create my life and the business, which was today's topic, um, is I strategize on both. I, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but sit down, go have a cup of coffee, put it on your calendar, do it consistently, go strategize about your business 
put it in writing and do the same thing with your life plan. I've had a life plan since I was 21 years old. And I tell you, one of my favorite things I do every quarter is I look at my life plan and see where I am. And it's really, I think, really helped keep me grounded. So other than that, I just want to thank everybody for listening and uh, keep getting better.